0: The ultimate leader of this multi-billion dollar organization is a woman you know there's no ceilings.
1: Welcome back to Women at Work a podcast featuring influential women in the residential construction industry brought to you by Pro Remodeler and Pro Builder magazines. I'm Lane Deakins your co-host and the associate editor of Pro Builder and today I'm joined by Stephanie Martin who currently serves as the controller of 84 Lumber based out of 84 Pennsylvania 84 Lumber is a woman-owned business offering a number of career opportunities for women in construction.
0: So I came to 84 Lumber in 2009. Um, I started here as the manager of financial reporting, and about a year or two after that was promoted to the role of controller. Um, prior to that, I worked at KPMG um, as a, an audit manager. I have a CPA license in the state of Pennsylvania um and pretty much here I'm responsible for most of the accounting and finance function you know I report to Paul Lenz our CFO and you know work with him on providing all of the information to our our lenders to the owners to you know other interested parties um and just managing you know the day-to-day finance operations
1: yeah so you mentioned that you started as an audit manager with a global accounting firm um, before you took over the controllership and financial reporting activities for 84 Lumber. So what made you decide to switch over to a job in the trade industry? What new opportunities and challenges did you face when you joined 84 Lumber?
0: So I guess initially I didn't set out, I don't think, to work in the trade industry or, or any specific industry. Um, you know, it, in public accounting, you kind of have a very structured timeline. You you move through the phases, um, supervisor, manager, and then the next step is partner. And at that point, I knew I wasn't interested in becoming a partner. So I thought, you know, I'm going to look for a corporate role. Mm-hmm. And really my only, I guess my only qualifications that I was looking for was I wanted to work for a large organization and somewhere where there was a lot of potential for growth, somewhere Mm -hmm. that I could be for a long time and, you know, continue my career. So at first when the opportunity was presented at 84 Lumber, I was pretty hesitant. I didn't really know anything about lumber or the building products arena at all. Um, So, you know, I was really, I, I guess, persuaded maybe by the company's background and reputation. You know, they're very well known here in southwestern Pennsylvania. And I thought, well, you know, I'll give it a try. You know, accounting is pretty much my core function, and that was going to be the same regardless of what industry I was in. Right. Um, But I guess I probably should have done a little more research. Like I said, I started here in 2009, which was pretty much the bottom. It was probably one of, if not the company – Worst years in history. Right. <laughs> so I got here and it was like net losses, and we were closing mm-hmm. stores and kind of had a little panic attack like maybe I made a huge mistake. <laughs> um, but obviously, we know how. The company's narrative has turned around since then. So, you know, obviously it wasn't a mistake. In
1: this industry and so many opportunities for growth um, and kind of just, I guess, moving into what I've learned a lot about um, since coming on board in this industry is, you know, how are you navigating lumber volatility? I know that's kind of a hot topic right now. So in what ways has this industry-wide challenge affected business at home? And what are the biggest changes you've seen in your company over the last few years as a result?
0: Um, I think... You know, we, as a company, and if you've ever heard, um, you know, Maggie, our, our president, speak or refer to the, the downturn in any way, she talks about how much she learned throughout all of that
1: mm-hmm. um,
0: and some of the mistakes that the company made, you know, pr- like in 2005, 2006, kind of in the, the build-up. And then, yeah. you know, when the bottom fell out, um, it was – so I think it's now kind of – we're still operating not in that same mindset. But I don't think we we're definitely still utilizing the tools and the policies that were put in place during the downturn. You know, we still mm-hmm. want to run want to run the business efficiently. Right. Um, we're not out there, you know, spending money hand over fist kind of, you know what I wasn't here in oh five and oh six, but you know, the number of stores and we expanded our footprint like, so significantly. And, and we're not really doing that now. You know, we're, it's very successful mm-hmm. um, with the lumber prices being high. And, you know, last year was a record year 2021 for 84 Lumber, the first two months so far of mm-hmm. 2022 are very strong. But I think we're just operating business as usual, you know, trying to keep Keep things under control, and you know you just don't know
1: right.
0: when when it's gonna end, so we wanna mm-hmm. act smart and we wanna make good decisions, you know and this is just kind of a bonus,
1: yeah. you know
0: as far yeah. as running the company efficiently,
1: yeah. And 84 Lumber is also a woman-owned business that provides a lot of opportunities for women in construction, pretty like on every level of the totem pole, really. Um, So how does a woman-dominated work environment differ from the traditionally male-oriented staff that we kind of see in the majority of construction companies? And what impact do you think your female-led team um, hopes to have on the industry at large?
0: I think as far as working here at a a woman-owned business, and maybe... Maybe I'm kind of, I'm just lucky because I don't, it doesn't really impact my day to day, right? I feel like here at 84, um, you know, the hard work is rewarded regardless if you're a man or a woman and just mm-hmm. knowing that, hey, the ultimate leader of this multi-billion dollar organization is a woman, you know, there's no ceiling. So it it, it doesn't factor into how I do my job, right? Mm-hmm. She's there as a role model and there are plenty of other department heads that are women and, you know. They've been taking a lot of initiatives to kind of foster this camaraderie and sharing of ideas, and you know, it is it is tough. You hear statistics out there, not necessarily related to building products, but you know, a woman has to work twice as hard. And and I don't necessarily know that I feel that way here at eighty four. Maybe that's because of the you know the the tone at the top, the the atmosphere that she's established is, hey, it doesn't matter if you work hard here, you'll be rewarded and. And that's just kind of how we go about, about the business. And, you know, I try as far as what impact I can have. You know, I have several women on my team who are starting their careers or, you know, are a few years behind me in kind of the progression and just being a role model. And there are ways, you know, to be successful here as a woman and, you know, still balancing all the other challenges that life presents.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I guess kind of going off of that, you know, for you specifically as a female in a leadership role within a male-dominated field, what advice do you have for women in similar positions who are kind of slowly but surely working their way up in their own respective careers?
0: I would say just try to learn as much as you can from people, whether they're people above you, people below you, Um, you know, because maybe sometimes you are discounted a little bit. People think that you don't know as much or you have to prove it. But over time, if you just keep working hard and absorbing all of that knowledge, you know, I think that that it pays off, um, you know, and you kind of get the confidence the more you know about the industry, the more you know about your job, you become more confident and people, you know, respect you more and stop seeing it as like, oh, she's a woman and, and this male dominated industry is just like, hey, she knows what she's doing.
1: Right. Yeah. And I guess my final question, and it's sort of an overarching one, but what do you currently consider to be your greatest professional achievement and what stepping stones got you to that point?
0: So I thought about this one. I kind of have two. The first, you know, I'm very proud of passing the CPA exam early in my career and getting that license. You know, I think as an accountant, that's kind of the main door opener, you know, in in this career field. Um, the second thing is obviously my role here at 84. If you asked me 10 years ago if I thought I'd be responsible for the accounting and finance of a, a multi-billion-dollar company, I, I don't think I would have, I would have even dreamt that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, but it doesn't feel that way. I think I don't think about it that way because it really does feel like we're just a family business. Um, you know, not this huge organization.
1: Thanks to Stephanie for joining me on today's podcast and to all of you for listening. Women at Work is now available on iTunes, Google Play, and anywhere else you get your audio. If you like what you hear, consider rating and reviewing the show. Our next episode will feature another female professional who's making waves in the industry. Until then, follow us on social media and keep the work up.